Citizen Critic is a production of iHeartRadio and Double Elvis. I almost asked if he died. If Cl- <laughs> the big red dog, Clifford. Uh, is he the one who died? I, it was not. Uh, there was not a death in his story arc, I don't think. <laughs> no. On this episode of Citizen Critic, a serious film scholar attempts to apply rigorous criticism to Return of the Jedi. A serial Yelp reviewer recounts idyllic days at the Chinese zoo where the rules are just plain different. Later, we speculate about the brain chemistry of Ringo Starr. Chewbacca, call your agent. This is Citizen Critic. Welcome to Citizen Critic, the podcast wherein we critique the critics and review the reviews. I'm Scott Janovitz, and I'll be joined shortly by my co-host Greg Conley for our feature presentation, a 1983 review of Return of the Jedi. Greg's not here right now, as we are each doing our best to self-isolate while the coronavirus quietly tears its way through the countryside podcasting in the time of coronavirus. Uh, But as we work on getting Greg set up to do some remote recording from his home, I went back and edited one of the very first conversations we had while we tried to work out the concept for this podcast. And it was a review of Return of the Jedi, uh, at that time the third film in the Star Wars saga, by a noted film critic, film historian, and professor uh, named Arthur Knight, whose take on a movie uh, filled with Ewoks is almost exactly what you might expect, though with a few surprises. Um, When we taped this following conversation, we did not yet have a clear idea of what the structure was going to be like uh, for the show. So you'll find our Citizen Critics segment, where we find user reviews of products and services is not this time related thematically to the feature presentation review return of the Jedi. Nonetheless, they remain a couple of my favorite user reviews and in a first for us, it's two by the same reviewer, a serial reviewer, if you will. Uh, I'll also note that there's a little sound leakage into each other's microphones because we weren't yet set up properly at that time. So you may notice a little echo here and there. Uh, But bear with us as we adjust to life in isolation and enjoy this review by Arthur Knight from The Hollywood Reporter, published in 1983, Return of the Jedi, our feature presentation. Although Return of the Jedi is officially part six of George Lucas's projected Star Wars nonogy, 
It's actually, of course, the third to have been filmed, completing the central triad of his ambitious undertaking. Unfortunately, it conveys the sense that the machinery has already started to wear down and the inventiveness to wear thin. <laughs> to be sure, the film abounds in action. Some new peril besets Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, or the Princess Leia. <laughs> the, Princess Leia. <laughs> the Princess Leia. Almost too regularly every ten minutes. Well, yeah. It's fucking war, man. Yeah. <laughs> Rebellion ain't easy. <laughs> But there's a when kind can of, they just have a spa day? Just <laughs> relax. Put on a tuxedo. <laughs> crying out loud. No cocktail parties? No revelry? <laughs> Arthur, no, man. They were in a rebellion. It's a war. <laughs> there's a kind of desperation about it. A feeling that Lucas and co-writer Lawrence Kasdan are simply trying to figure out what they can do next to amuse the kiddies. <laughs> yeah. It's the whole point of entertainment, yeah, right? Wait, no, no, no. Fucking space, space. We're going to put out a, a space cowboys movie. <laughs> a two hour movie of all the in between house stuff <laughs> that Leia and Han just bought a condo on the planet, Condoria. Oh, the subtle disagreements they shall have. <laughs> Men are from Mars. Slowly wearing at each other over the course of 30 shared years. <laughs> That's a <the> movie. <laughs> Very personal, Arthur. <laughs> Are you all right? <laughs> the stuff of legend that inspired and elevated earlier episodes has here been replaced largely by the stuff of comic books. I mean, he's not wrong. It's the Ewoks, right? He doesn't like the Ewoks. Yeah, the Ewoks are a big part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it still makes for an eye-filling two hours plus of entertainment, but despite its huge cast of new intergalactic grotesques... <laughs> <laughs> Jedi seems woefully familiar. It's as if the animations aren't the only thing that has been computerized. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I didn't stay for the end. <laughs> oh, this is a, a, a review in sections. The section here is called I Becomes Jaded. I as in the eye. Eyeball. Your, the eyeball. I, I. Not I Becomes Jaded. I. This is Arthur was having a stroke. <laughs> uh, Buff free flu. Buff free flu. Uh, right from the start, when Luke frees Han from his carbonite sarcophagus, we are back in the world of Saturday afternoon serials. What? The 50s TV serials where they would tell a story in parts for kids, and like cliffhangers. They'd have cliffhangers every, like Lone Ranger and stuff like that. Anyway, that's what it means. <laughs> And, and that's what a lot of Lucas, like, that's what Indiana Jones is based on. Oh, uh, I guess that, you know. Yeah. Makes right. sense. Yeah. Um, the new episodes always begin that, always began that way, freeing someone all too easily from the seemingly hopeless predicament in which we had left him the week before. Only here it's accomplished with a, an array of special effects from Lucas's Industrial Light and Magic Company. Fly-by-night operation. <laughs> and it never, never last. last. <laughs> uh, that would bedazzle a pyromaniac. And w such wonders never cease. Quite the contrary, they become an end unto themselves. The very raison d'etre for oh. the entire enterprise. <laughs> I assume he pronounces it enterprise. Entre enterprise. <laughs> In raison Star Wars... 
One waited breathlessly to see if Han Solo's Millennium Falcon could muster that extra burst of energy that would enable it to break free of the Death Star's gravitational pull, and when it did, whizzing off into outer space in a dizzying light show. I like this one. Oh, yeah. The effect was sheer exhilaration. (laughs) I admit, I got a chub. (laughs) Never felt so alive. (laughs) (laughs) But not so much. Never before and never since. Didn't make him actually root for Han's life. No. He was like, but when he was saved. And then he was saved magically. (laughs) In Jedi, there are so many light shows. So many pyrotechnical displays that the eye quickly becomes jaded. Oh. Uh, Eye becomes jaded. So it's too much for him. Like 4th of July, he watches the fireworks for one minute and 14 seconds. Yes. And then everything after that is just diminishing. (laughs) Diminishing And it makes the minute and 14 seconds that you enjoyed it. Yeah. Nothing. It's a waste. That's right. That's a shame. Uh, one is reminded of Mies van der Rose. Oh, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I don't know this. <laughs> Mies van der Rose architectural axiom that yeah. less is more. I like that you sounded out the word though. Yeah, that was. I'm familiar with the phrase "less is more." Less, less is more. And now I know where it came from. Oh wait. And you know what? I learned something. Mies van der Rose. Mies, Mies, M I E S. Vendero. Huh? Mies? Mies. Mice? Is that her name? Mice? Mies? Mice. Mice? <laughs> this is Mies' wife. Even the creatures are somewhat disappointing in this outing. Oh, come on. True, Yoda makes a brief but welcome reappearance. He stood up. <laughs> he stood up in the theater. He's just like, Yoda! Yoda! <laughs> there you are, old friend. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> Come, arise, (laughs) theater mates. (laughs) Sit down, sir. And there's a whole tribe of fuzzy bear-like warriors who are quite charming. (laughs) I love the Ewoks. (laughs) Quite charming. Oh, man. What is his problem with the movie, then? Yeah, if you're okay with the Ewoks. Yeah. Let's see. Let's find out. I don't think he likes the premise. <laughs> C3PO and R2D2 both are back, but now a little too predictable in their reactions to whatever is going on. Whilst, well, Chewba- whilst Chewbacca. <laughs> rarely has whilst Chewbacca. <laughs> he doesn't say whilst, printed. but. Whilst Chewbacca seems to be along just for the ride. <laughs> Chewbacca, you're wasting your talents. <laughs> Like, first of all, he's predictable. R2-D2 is an upside-down trash can that can only go in forward and reverse. Well, they're a little too predictable in their reactions. His reactions. He beeps and boops and goes forward and backwards. But most of Lucas's new creations come straight out of Nightmare Alley. They are truly frightening grotesques. Like the gross walrus-shaped Jabba the Hutt. Gross. He's gross. <laughs> and he's an intergalactic you know, murderer like, and he's gross. He's gross. All physical appearance for Arthur. Yeah. Do a sit-up, Jabba. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Did you really need another frog creature? 
400 calories that don't keep the bowl by your bed <laughs> how do you expect to lose the weight if you don't show some discipline <laughs> he's not a man he's a he's a slug being <laughs> like that's that's a good body type Jabba for a slug being who enjoys shrinking people to bite size then popping them into his cavernous maw is that true no that didn't happen Shrinking them. He didn't have the power to shrink it. No, he did not. Uh, he eats the little frog things, whatever yeah. they are. They're frogs. Is that basically what they are? Space frogs. I'm, I don't want to commit to calling them frogs. I don't think they are. I, I always thought they were frogs. Although they did frog-like. screech a little bit when he ate them. Yeah, yeah. But um, they were space frogs. No, he, he never shrunk anybody. No. Arthur's just... No, he's just lashing These out. are very gross. Uh, other... I remember this. I still get grossed out by this stuff. Other hutties, huttites, huttites have pig-like snouts. Oh, yeah. Or long, waving tentacles. <laughs> Jabba also maintains an enormous pit lined with... <laughs> he maintains it. <laughs> he's out there raking he's, it. He's got, he's got to add the right amount of chlorine. <laughs> he's got to test pH, pH is off test again. <laughs> you got oh, to keep it fed. <laughs> It does digest things over the course of millennia, but you got to keep it fed. He is fastidious. Uh, <laughs> Did you water the pit this morning, Leia? <laughs> like I asked. It's going to dry out. It's a well-manicured <laughs> carnivorous pit. Oh, every morning, rake the pit. Nothing of the Wonder is the title of this next section. Nothing of the Wonder. The trouble with most of these, from my increasingly jaundiced point of view the other night. Oh, geez. Jaundiced? You should see a doctor. <laughs> that is kidney infection, my friend. <laughs> like, is your skin yellow? That is... <laughs> we're not from my off. hospital bed, I <laughs> considered the merits of this film. <laughs> my acidic saliva... Nothing but the dialysis machines pumping to keep me company as I have I'm no go loved say, ones. I don't think he saw this movie. <laughs> I think he saw show posters. <laughs> he, he read the Mad Magazine send-up of it. <laughs> uh, the trouble with most of these from was that they kept reminding me of a stage production of Alice in Wonderland that I had seen in my childhood, where grown men donned huge masks and pretended to be Humpty Dumpty. Or, or Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And even though... Was Humpty this, Dumpty and Alice in Wonderland? He's reliving a childhood yeah, trauma. That is traumatic. That's not... <laughs> right now. That is jarring to think about. <laughs> Pretended to be Humpty Dumpty. Grown men donned huge masks. <laughs> and even though the sheer credit lists half a dozen or so Jabba puppeteers... I still feel underneath all those horrendous get-ups, there was some little guy who would take off his mask. With a big heart. <laughs> at the end of the day and go home and watch television with his mother. <laughs> no, he say with his mother. But the rest of it is there. Uh, this is, what does that this mean? Is, this is a transparent Is he trauma. getting... Do we... Do, are we all a little piece of we're, we're We're all him. <laughs> We're all him right now. Don't be Jabba socially. We are all little Artie Knight <laughs> from Queens. Ah, oh, he's telling us not to 
let our slug-like outside <laughs> be all the world knows of us. Because we, then we go home and we watch television. Yeah. I still feel underneath all those horrendous get-ups, there was some little guy who would take off guy. his mask at the end of the day and go yeah. home and watch television. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. That's it. It's a job. It's a, yeah. That's not a bad job. I bet he stopped at the bank to cash his check for better being than, a little guy in his slug costume. Better than working in a cubicle, man. Yeah, it was probably hot on that set, though. Well, the still. There was nothing of the wonder or magic that happened when we first glimpsed the wise and wizened face of Yoda. Or even he the dread figure Yoda. of Darth Vader. You are no fucking Yoda. Uh, Vader, played by David Prowse. Oh, he's on a first name basis. Impressively it's, voiced. It's Darth Vader, sir. <laughs> uh, Vader, Vader, as I call him, Vade. <laughs> played by David Prowse, impressively voiced by James Earl Jones, virtually dominates Return of the Jedi despite its title. The Empire is still striking back with a new space station under construction that, when oh. fully armed, will be larger and more deadly than the Death Star. Here he goes, giving it away. Uh, <laughs> and in charge of the construction is... <laughs> Darth Vader. <laughs> Darth Vader. Darth Vader and co. It was a no-bid contract. Government. Waste. Luke Skywalker's mission, if he accepts it, is to destroy the station before it becomes operational. To do so, he must first rescue Han from his Huttite entombment. Like Huttite. Uh, is fan, it, uh, I don't believe that this is a word that appears <laughs> no, I mean, in no. any of them. Never really caught canon. on. Never really the canon. <laughs> Never really caught on. No. Because aren't we all Huttites? Aren't we all that little man living inside the suit? Yeah. Just want to go home and watch Mary Tyler Moore. We're all little, little arty Quiet, quiet comedy. Just terrified by Alice in Wonderland. And, <laughs> uh, let's see. Then assemble all the rebel spacecraft into a vast armada that will attack yeah. the Empire's stronghold. Yeah, However, he learns that the Empire has installed a power plant on the moon of Endor, which generates the energy that provides the station with an electronic <laughs> shield. I can just hear him <laughs> yeah. winding through this. Yeah. Unless that can be knocked out, the armada will never get through. He also <laughs> learns that Darth Vader is his real father. Ah, Darth. Fucking spoiler <laughs> alert again. Darth, backed by the Emperor... <laughs> Darth Ian McDonald. Nice job, Darth Darmid. Um, I yeah. This is you can't. That's a spoiler. Does everything in his power to bring the boy to join the forces of evil. Right. Yeah. Luke, figuring that once a Jedi, always a Jedi, counts on his father's innate goodness to prevail. Their showdown, a lightsaber duel in the I eerie mean, reaches of the space station, culminates in one of the film's few emotionally effective moments. He's just giving the movie away. Does he say how it ends? Uh, no. Uh, lightsaber duel. That's all he says. So Ooh. far. Lightsaber duel. Vader, Luke's father, is the section of this title. In case you missed the spoiler. <laughs> He's added it as a subheadline. Yes. yes. That there aren't more, despite director Richard Marquand's avowed intention of creating real relationships and real action that stem from real emotions, that's in quotes, hmm. is essentially the fault of the script which consistently opts for action and blunts the relationships. And clearly cuts out any meaningful dialogue from <laughs> Chewbacca. <laughs> give, me, give him more meat. He's earned it. I'm ready for a serious Show love interest. Show he can handle it. Chewbacca, call your agent. <laughs> Indeed, the fact that Vader is Luke's real father is not revealed until the film is more than half over. is I thought this was, this was, he's still talking about Empire? No. Yeah. 
He finds it at the end of Empire. Yeah. Luke, I mean, right, I'm confused by this review. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think that he's seen any of the movies. So this is my. Yeah, he's he's yeah. talking about Empire now. Yeah. No, it's nuts. <laughs> it's absolutely. And it still gets shunted aside in the search for the power station on Endor and the ensuing battles. Yeah. What's he even talking about? I'm confused. <laughs> I don't, maybe I don't remember these movies the way I thought I did. No, I assure you. It still gets shunted aside in the search for the power station on Endor and the ensuing battles. Similarly, but <laughs> but he does find out at the end of Empire that Vader is his father. 100%. Okay. Uh, similarly, when Leia 94%. learns that she and Luke are brother and sister, she withholds the information from Han Solo until they have gone through a few more perils together, then, quite arbitrarily, tells all. Wasn't arbitrary at all. No. Han thought that they had a thing going on. Yeah. Arthur, pay attention. In this God screenplay, damn. what's happening is always more important than why. Finally, the last paragraph, hugely impressive. But this is not to denigrate the production aspects of the film. It looks terrific. Its special effects advance the start of the art by a couple of light years. It looks terrific. I haven't seen it and I don't plan to. <laughs> but I tell you, the movie posters it's are... It's buffo. <laughs> a special nod must go to producer Howard Kazengian for coordinating all of this on two continents and another to Alan Hume for cinematography that is never overwhelmed by the scale of the production. I do like that he kind of, he pulls into the credits a little bit. He, yeah, gets he does. the cinematographer. Well, he's very interested in the technical aspects of film. Yeah. Yeah. That's his thing. I guess I'm a film critic. <laughs> the actors, at least those not buried in terrifying masks <laughs> or five <laughs> inches of putty. Like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> Buried in masks or five inches of putty, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Billy Dee Williams, and briefly, Alec Guinness. And Chewbacca. And last but certainly not least, <laughs> the, the Chewbacca. incomparable <laughs> Chewbacca. <laughs> uh, so we liked Knight it. Knight of the British Empire. <laughs> Sir. Sir Chewbacca. Sir Chewbacca. Did, does he give like, does he give grades? Was it like No, a, no. Wait, let me get through this last four sentences. <laughs> Display themselves to good advantage. John Williams' score seems to blare and blast more than is absolutely necessary. Hates yeah, everybody me. hates the Star Wars <laughs> uh, cues. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. But that's in keeping with the rest of the movie. A 20th Century Fox relief, Return of the Jedi, will undoubtedly attract all of those Star Wars fans who have been dying to learn how it all turns out. Whether it will also generate the repeat business that characterized both Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back is another question. <laughs> I think well, it's as very we all sad. know, it bombed. It, it was just an absolute failure. This Yelp reviewer reviewed Double A Bus. It's a categories transportation in New York, New York. Four star review. This is an extremely cheap and efficient bus service run from both Chinatown and Macy's at 34th Street. I've ridden their New York Baltimore line no less than 20 times, but they also offer services to DC, Albany, uh, Newport News, etc. 
They park, you get on, store your luggage. Standard bus stuff. <laughs> you do bus stuff. <laughs> they park, you get on. You and <laughs> A nice service that they actually stop the bus. You don't have to run alongside Ooh, uh, it. They take a break. You find a hobo at a rest stop. <laughs> do Find out what it'll do for five bucks. These guys used to ride in the rails. <laughs> bus stuff. You know. Uh, yeah. Typical bus. Stuff. If you have no ticket, you can buy it right on the bus. <laughs> Regardless of destination. It's ridiculous. How is this possible? Regardless of destination, departure is always from 133's Broadway. Right outside the ticket counter. I think they call it a bus stop. <laughs> then stops at Maisie's on 34th for those who don't want to go all the way to Chinatown. <laughs> Out of probably uh, 20 times I've ridden it, there was once a tire that was blown out on the highway. Was it theirs, I assume? Driver <laughs> driver <laughs> deftly pulled the bus into a gas station. I got a Hummer and <laughs> called in a backup bus. Not three steps with my old right foot. <laughs> All right, I popped the tire. Slow leak. Time spent waiting was about 40 minutes. Not a big deal. Um, 40 minutes. Updated review. <laughs> this is a year later. Three stars. Huh. Downgrading from four to three. I must downgrade this to three stars after last bus I was on ran over two pedestrians <laughs> and kept going. Well, you know, he was willing to sacrifice 40 minutes for a blown tire. They just mowed down two pedestrians. I feel like you should 40 minutes is a big deal. That's a long time. Bus. Yeah. Four stars. <laughs> Uh, lose one, though. You lose one. Half a star for each murdered person. <laughs> a full star each. Half a star. Yeah. Wow. That. Updated review one year later. That is un year and a half. unbelievable. Still three stars. Because it stops. I must downgrade this to three stars. After the last buzz I was on, ran over two pedestrians and kept going. Where's my hand? Uh, it's a felony, sir. You should report it. <laughs> it's not just an accident. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hit and run. Crime. Yeah. One star. <laughs> Loss. Still three stars. Would recommend. He got to where he was going. It's majority stars. It's still all the good aspects are there. The buy your ticket on the bus. <laughs> the stopping at bus stops. <laughs> the fumes. The fumes. The hummus in the bathrooms. <laughs> The magazines, <laughs> the highways. Yeah, bus stuff. Dirty what seats. I could have done without the the, the felony. <laughs> it really put a damper on the trip. The <laughs> near certain homicide. <laughs> not just hit the two pedestrians. Not hit two pedestrians. Ran over. <laughs> Like, he could feel the bus tumbling over humans. <laughs> Half a star for each soul I saw leave a body. Uh, but I got to Baltimore in time, so I really can't fault them. Uh, that is absolutely amazing. What an incredible <laughs> reviewer. I read some of his other reviews. Here's one for the Central Park Zoo. This Ooh. is the same reviewer. Category, zoos. Two stars. Zoos always bring back childhood memories. When I was a child in elementary school in China, my dad used to make me skip school and take me to the zoo. Jesus. He used to <laughs> make force it. me to skip school. He 
Look at the animals. Look into their eyes. Are they happy? <laughs> Lifetime of seclusion, son. And take me to the zoo. And we would spend an entire day there. Watching the pi- monkeys <laughs> masturbate. This <laughs> is basically taking pictures, frolicking in the grass, etc. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> frolicking in the grass. Take me end to the zoo. It's a weird description. My dad forced me to skip school yeah. to and take me to the zoo. Take me end to the zoo. And, and to the zoo. School and take me end to the zoo. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a kidnapping. Yeah. Might be. He would make me skip school and take me end to the zoo. And to the zoo. <laughs> my first tiger sighting was at that zoo. My first sighting of an elephant urinating for five minutes was at that zoo. <laughs> Everyone remembers their first. And my first experience throwing a live rabbit into a tiger's den was at that zoo. Oh, wait. That's that's what he writes. That's an attraction? Apparently. Did he just I, catch Unless the... it was a fatal attraction situation. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that this zoo hands out live rabbits, rabbits to huck into the tiger pit. I think you're right. Live rabbits. Not rabbit meat. No, that live rabbit. Didn't he say a live rabbit or no? Let me read this part about his dad again. <laughs> I can honestly my dad say used to make me skip school. One, my father and I have never once frolicked in the grass. No, no. He has chased me with a lawnmower. My father would resent the implication. <laughs> <laughs> He's demonstrated how poor of a raking job I've done. <laughs> sure. Uh Sure. Those things don't count as frolicking, no. <laughs> I find myself doing all the things that my father did to me that I hated to my daughter. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... I'm reliving what it's all about. the horror. <laughs> like, this is you. This is how you do it. <laughs> You're like, wow. Look at you. Look how stupid you look. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You doing me looks stupid, but I don't think I look like that. <laughs> disagree. Just disagree. Uh, anyway, back to this review of the Central Park Zoo. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, throwing, throwing live rabbit. rabbit into a tiger's den at that this zoo. This is not a thing. It can't be. The Central Park Zoo is nothing compared to my childhood's zoo. <laughs> the zoo that exists <laughs> perpetually in my childhood. Yeah, we're tossing rabbits. And- the only interesting item there was the polar bear swimming in a tank of water. And the admission is $12 for adults. Complete ripoff. <laughs> $12. 12 bucks to go to a zoo. This was in 2010. <laughs> so it's not like this was, you know, 1975. A complete ripoff. I was trying to recapture some of my childhood memories, but it just didn't feel the same way. <laughs> bag of live rabbits wasted. Not bag of live rabbits. <laughs> Can't not, even throw Not them. included in the $12. <laughs> this technically is not a zoo. Otherwise, I can go buy some dogs, fish, birds in the local pet store and open a zoo myself and charge $12 admission. (laughs) That is two stars. He is generous with the stars. Yeah. Hated that zoo. Yeah. I mean, still gave it two stars. I would just like to understand what kind of zoo lets you throw live rabbits into a what a horror show. that Um, I think he's Chinese. He is. I'm sorry. He says at the beginning of this, I'm Chinese. When I was a child in elementary school in China. Where oh, there are yeah. live rabbits for feeding to well, animals. Well, fucking yeah, man. Like, you're going to Central Park Zoo. You yeah, think that's going to be, be as same. good as the Chinese it's not be the Zoo? Same. No. I mean, they're giving you a bag of rabbits to chuck in the cages yeah, of carnivores. Absolutely. Huh. 
<laughs> I mean, just measure your expectation. Unbelievable. <laughs> they were nonstop fireworks. <laughs> you could pay to eat literally anything. <laughs> yeah, it was more like a buffet table. One polar bear swimming in a tank, boiling. Couldn't even in a poke tank. it with anything. Uh, I yeah, longed no, for the days of boiled bear. <laughs> wasn't even a pricing on uh, it. The boiled polar bear of my childhood. <laughs> I taste it still. I actually saw an interview. Joe Scarborough was interviewing Ringo Starr this morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm 90% certain he was either on mushrooms or Coke Bits. <laughs> he's really or, like high on his own brain chemicals. Like, it he, is. He's, he is out of his fucking He's mind. in another world. And he's told these stories so many times. Right. I, like, it, just, it seemed to me, because I feel like I might have been in this position before, where he's like tripping and not sure what's going on. Yeah. But he's like, he goes back to just the story, like the things that he, right. The stories he knows. Yeah. Then he starts like, t- whether that was the question that was asked or not. Yeah. It's like, well, the only way I'm going to pull myself out of this complete spiral of sanity that I'm <laughs> in right now is to talk about, I'm certain that this guy sitting across from me with the hair is asking me about the Beatles or I don't know. I'm going to tell a fucking Beatles story. So Joe, what's Mike Bonacle like? <laughs> there was no level of engagement. Hey, Ringo really prepped for this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it like living with Mika? Is she as beautiful when she wakes up as she is when she's on set? <laughs> yeah, there was no not that level of engagement from Ringo. <laughs> no. He's like, who's your favorite? I'll tell you a story. George, you like George? <laughs> I can ruin George for you. <laughs> <laughs> he was totally on autopilot. And then Joe Scarborough was like, pulling fucking Ringo solo albums. Oh, yeah? Uh, and he was like, oh, Ringo. You know, Ringo's one of the best albums ever made. Oh, my God. Come on. Come yeah. on, Joe. And, Ringo's uh, Ringo and, probably disagreed and, with no, that. No, I mean Ringo. I was. Yeah, I, uh, nice of you to say, Joe. Yeah, but, it's uh, <laughs> agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he says something about six a.m. Two like, stars. <laughs> two Ringo. Peace stars. and love. Two Ringo stars. I fucking love it. That's all for this episode of Citizen Critic. We should be back with a brand new episode next Monday and every Monday thereafter, so make sure you've subscribed. If you like the programming you've heard here, leave us a rating on Apple iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at CitizenCriticPod. I'm on Twitter at Scott Janowitz, and we'll talk to you next time. Citizen Critic comes to you from Double Elvis and is executive produced by Jake Brennan of Disgraceland. It was created by Jake, Greg Conley, and me, Scott Janowitz. 
I also composed and recorded the music, and I engineer and edit the show. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.